friends and neighbors, you're listening to Portland from the left. My name's Josh, and I use he and him pronouns. My name is Piper, and I use she and her pronouns. So I'm and I use she, they pronouns, um, and I'm here to talk about school boards. Why would we bring you specifically on to talk about school boards? Have you been like um, very like interested in school boards lately? Yeah, I would say I have been. Um, I am a parent in the Portland metro area and have never really been that interested in them because my kids are younger and it just felt like, oh, that's not that important and I'm busy. And then I started seeing how much stuff was happening with local school boards and the types of people who were occupying time and then listening to some of the local school board members being like, please, can you fill up this time and take it away from people who aren't even in our district and um, with come and, and talk about relevant things to us, please? And started really paying a lot of attention to what was happening and realizing like, not only just here, but nationwide, it's become a really significant topic on the um, kind of political scene. And it's not new either. It's just kind of a resurgence of the tactic. What kind of people are taking up time at these school board meetings? Oh, man. Okay. So I've been (laughs) watching and keeping eyes on places like Salem, North Clackamas and Portland and Gresham. And there's been a lot of common themes. We're talking about like anti-CRT training, which like CRT is not even taught in grade school um, or high school, Um, anti-masking, anti-vaccine mandate and anti like quarantine or any sort of COVID regulations, uh, anti-teachings about anything to do with LGBTQIA. So like uh, it could be like, we don't want to talk about gender. We don't want to talk about queer stuff. We don't want to talk about anything to do with that. Um, And so anti-critical race, anti mm, yeah i think those are the main topics that i can think of right off the top of my head and they're just repeated over and over and they're sometimes they sound smart at first and then you're like where are you going with this and then you're like oh that's where you're going with it no Uh, we're not doing that (laughs) my experience with the local groups who are doing the kind of like reopen schools um you know COVID doesn't affect children. You need to take the mask off children because of their mental health, this kind of stuff. Um, all of those patterns, they, they seem like they're, they're very, very similar to some of the more like fascist and far right patterns of like talking mm-hmm. in circles and using some of the same words to describe some of the same ideas, um, but then twisting it enough to, to use it in a way that's like harmful or um, damaging in some way. Like, like you're talking about lots of the talking points are, um, disparate so there's like anti-vax and anti-masking which is one thing and then there's a lot of um anti-trans stuff and anti-queer stuff more broadly um and 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 they're kind of all attached to parts of a thing and a like a growing coalition or um Mm -hmm. you know some some sort of gathering of people and it's it's hard to describe beyond just like anti-progressive or Mm -hmm. anti- Mm-hmm. anti-good stuff i don't even i got nothing I got nothing. <laughs> yeah let's take a step back um how like how are school boards structured like what decisions are made there how do people get into power in a school board obviously there has to be an opening on your school board um but you can also do recalls on school board members which is also a big push from people on the far right is to get some of the school board members out that they don't like but basically you just need to 
be in the district and you can fill out an application and run for the school board. Um, but it's honestly, it seems like it's also a place where a lot of people are using to jump off into bigger politics. So they're using it as a launching pad because um, it's not really that hard. There's like a, a $10 filing fee to get on for the school board. And because not very many people take or like not a huge amount of people take school board elections very seriously or look into the candidates and like all of the stuff that's going on with them. Um, they can skate by a lot of times um, with some really kind of wacky, wacky politics and wacky things that they have um, mm -hmm. belief wise. <laughs> and, and what kinds of things do school boards decide about schools? Like what are some decisions, maybe just examples of things that have happened recently? Yeah, well, um, so down in Salem, the uh, one of the youth groups that has been petitioning the school board and stuff and working with the school board um, got SROs out of their school last year. That's uh, something that comes down to school board level um, decision making. And, and that's the name for student resource officers, the cops in schools, right? Yes, cool. yes. That's awesome. A lot of times the things that are being decided are curriculum that people want to see a lot of new things that are not necessarily new, but a lot of schools are adopting um, land acknowledgements. Now um, they're basically like I'm almost working backwards because I've heard so much testimony and stuff from people at the school boards. And I'm like, Oh, they do that. Mm -hmm. So like one of the problems that came up was a teacher what brought up before the school board that she, um, in her, I think ESL classes or, um, she's a language teacher. She's working with a lot of Latin, Latin kids and, um, people who are speaking Spanish first and they were getting their textbooks like three years after the English speaking students were getting their version of the textbooks. Wow. It seems problematic. Yeah, right? Like, that's a big deal. Um, school boards do textbook approvals. They approve curriculum materials. They're setting the spending priorities. So when Salem um, youth got their stu student resource officers taken out, then there was the question, okay, what do we do with this part of the budget? And so um, they were petitioning the, the school to prioritize that money towards um, minority mental health. Um, and they're also working with a lot of the teachers and the leaders on school schedules. They're making the decision on COVID safety protocols. Um, their job is basically like also hearing from the community on what they should be focusing on and implementing. Um, so it's really important to go and talk, to, like, first of all, electing really good ones who have like um, super far right beliefs and don't have these um, really problematic backgrounds or ties with like three percenters like in Salem. Um, and then also like going and speaking to them and paying attention to what they're doing because they have a lot of power and control on what is happening in the school. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like the city council conversations that we're having where you know, these people can be in rooms um, with very few other people and not a lot of people listening to them or paying attention to them, making decisions for thousands and thousands of students and families. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is um, important, I guess, about the way that school board meetings work, and it probably has overlap with city uh, because both government officials and government employees, and that, that is like you can't mention specific employees if they have a problem with a particular one, it's kind of messed up that they can't talk about it also. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times the only power they have is is like going up the level and up the chain. 
and they get ignored a lot. And so they go to like their last ditch effort and then they can't name names at that point either. And it's, it's tough. I think for them, I see a lot of frustration there. Oh, I didn't realize that was a restriction. Yeah. And like in Salem in particular, um, they got shut down a bunch of times with the school board being like, you can't say their name. We can't talk about that. And it was interesting because there would be like, okay, I won't say the name. And they would start describing a situation and they'd be like, that's too specific. You can't talk about it. And it was like, wow, um, this person who works for the school literally said that they almost body slammed a 15 year old uh, Hispanic, uh, to quote the the post, uh, a public Facebook post where they said they almost violently took down a 15 year old Hispanic child. And, and like, you can't talk about that at the school board meeting. Are you kidding? Like, Nope, that's wow. too specific. And they didn't even name his name. That's not too dissimilar from what we hear from um, Mayor Wheeler when he talks about the, um, he usually calls them, not staffing, not employment issues, but, um, oh, human resources issues. So like whenever, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you two knew exactly what I was talking about. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, so, so, so yeah, whenever there's a specific problem with a specific cop and people know his name or, or their names out there, um, frequently Ted Wheeler will get asked questions from journalists asking about the specific situation. And he'll just say, well, I can't really talk to it because it's a human resources issue and I wouldn't want to violate the union contract. You know, I don't want to um, do anything bad there. And I know specifically uh, with the cops in the city, I relate everything to the cops. All I know is cops, They're just cop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that um, the Portland Police Association's uh, contract, um, and I actually think this wasn't in the most recent one, but the one before it, um, there's a stipulation that said that you couldn't um, overly embarrass police with their mm-hmm. um, discipline. Yeah. Even when you could say their name, once they had been convicted of something, if you embarrass them too much, um, like you couldn't do that. So big problem because, you know, SROs are in schools, too. So you have that whole overlap between, you know, what the cops are, mm-hmm. their contracts by themselves, which I mean, and unions are good, except when we're talking about things like cops and um, sometimes city officials or whatever, when they're put in a position where you can't hold them accountable accountable because of Mm -hmm. their union contracts like that's that's not really the point of that. I don't think I think that's the big thing there that the collective bargaining isn't. Um, it's absolutely beneficial and helpful for workers to have a a way to um, gather together and, you know, um, build support for themselves and, and some self-determination. But yeah, like you're saying, when it gets in the way of, um, well, getting things done, really. I mean, the, the, really, the school board, like city council, are just using it as a way to obscure mm-hmm. um, the, the the relationships of power that are going on and who's responsible for what um, so that they can kick the can down the road because they know eventually the kid will give up. Like, it's just true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the victims know this, right? Yeah. You only have so much gas in the tank to, to keep fighting something or to keep trying to get... Um, your story heard so if if you hear it you know for a year every time you come up oh we can't talk about their name we can't say their name and um, there's these rules about the union and oh they're very obscure you wouldn't understand it's the same stuff that we hear every other you know situation every other room where people don't or, or there's a power imbalance right where there's people with a lot of power and people with a little bit of power um, the people with a lot of power they 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 use all of the infrastructure all of the rules and all of the kind of politeness of society to try to prevent um, people without power to to speak for themselves and to have some self-determination in this case for students mm-hmm. to even try to get 
you know, grievances addressed with, stu- with um, teachers and faculty. Um, and I don't, mm-hmm. I, it's, uh, it's, it's unfair. I think probably it's definitely unfair to compare educators to cops. Of course, um, teachers aren't cops. Um, but, um, in this case, uh, when big, big places of power, like unions and union contracts get in the way of people that are marginalized mm-hmm. and oppressed from getting some justice, I think that's a problem. So like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I want to, I wanted to say a long sentence that said, you know, of course, teachers aren't cops, please. My partner is a teacher. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but, but also I think that some, t- and unions of course are good. Workers need to uh, fight for self-determination and need um, collective power to do that in a capitalist society. But also um, I think there's a lot of times where these contracts, you know, they don't do the best thing for, for the rest of us. Yeah. Especially in cases where they're there is a less empowered group being affected. Exactly. So yeah. not just bosses here. We're talking about students mm-hmm. of who don't have a lot of power. Well, yeah. And you've got the, the teachers union, which has kind of a lot of power, relatively speaking, right? It's still just a union. They're still mm-hmm. just workers, mm-hmm. but they do have relatively significant power in the areas they're in. Um, but the students frequently don't have a union. I mean, what do you, you sometimes have like mm-hmm. a PTSA or something where maybe they can speak up, maybe they can go to school board meetings, but really, I mean, the school board meetings aren't made for students as much as as much as the school board might make a big deal when um, students come in to talk and stuff. That's not really for them. Right. Um, they're just kind of letting them show up. It's it's very um, uh, patronizing in that way. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that is something that's really important, too, with these school boards is and the meetings is they're often full of parents. And some of them are adamant about these talking points and we're not hearing from the actual students and how they actually feel about those things. And I think that's a big missing piece for our society in general. And then also what's happening with the school boards is the students are not being centered. The students are not being listened to. And they're the ones with this firsthand experience. And they're the ones without power. You know, in Mm -hmm. city hall and city government, we have citizens and whom, you know, a lot of times are adults, which they have a certain amount of their own power and agency. When you actually listen to some of these school board meetings, like I had goosebumps, like, probably every school board meeting that a student speaks at because you listen to them and it's like holy fuck you guys know what you're talking about you have passion and drive and you're paying attention and you know what you want and you know what you need and it's really cool to listen to them starting to rise up or not necessarily starting I'm sure lots of kids have been (laughs) doing this for a while but (laughs) actually starting to listen to them is really fucking cool I'm really glad that I'm hearing you talk about some good things happening at school boards because prior to this conversation, I was pretty much uh, like ready to hear like really scary doom shit because (laughs) of the news about school boards in the area. But like, I love hearing like, you know, working to get um, the student resource officers out of schools in Salem. Like that's rad. Um, And students Mm -hmm. speaking up for themselves at these school board meetings is really cool. So I'm I'm glad. Like, is there anything else really cool, like on the good side that you've heard happening? Good and bad, right? Um, So Gresham just had a school board meeting and there was a new group of students, the Students Against Oppression, that just formed because their student resource officer has apparently been doing some pretty bad shit Um, and for a while and like has been in the news before because he um, tackled a 17-year-old Black student. Um, and I was trying to piece together the story. And basically, like, the 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 woman got, or not woman, she's a girl, um, she got um, suspended and was 
like needing to leave campus, but she had to go pick up her daughter. And so like there was a confusion on whether or not she was still allowed to be there. And the school school's like, yeah, you're allowed to be here so you can get your daughter so you can go. And the school resource officer was like, no, you're trespassing. And it was really messed up, but they, he tackled her to the ground and that was in 2019. And he's still there in Gresham at that school as a student resource officer. But there's been a lot of like more recent stuff and the students had a press release, um, not yeah, a press release before the school board meeting because it's been virtual and I guess they weren't really going to get a chance to speak. And so they really wanted to make sure that their statements got spoken out loud and heard rather than because what a lot of times school boards will like take the written stuff and they'll just compile it and they'll be like some people talked about this and some people talked about that Mm -hmm. and like really generally sum up what the public comments were if they're not spoken to the board so they had this press release and we're talking about that and um it was super powerful. They had some really important things to say. What, like listening to them talk about how they're going to advocate for each other and how they're going to stand up when the adults won't. Um, and even in the face of like a bunch of teachers that are too afraid to back them up and students who want to come wow. forward but are afraid to to like um, publicly commit to being a part of that group. And then um, they they got on Twitter and stuff, which was cool. Um, and then there's other people in the community. They're like, hey, you need to hook up with the students that are in Salem who got rid of their SROs last year. And so these two groups hopefully are going to start linking up. So Gresham and Salem to start working together. And that would be youth working together. Um, one group who just got rid of their SROs and the other group that's trying to. Um, and so... I'm excited to see what happens there and hopefully they'll be able to work together towards that goal. I I love that. It seems like for every um, parental or adult group that comes up to attack school boards or to like focus on school boards, there's groups of youth that are rising up within their schools to speak back and push back and and to to take action against that. So I think that is one of the things that's really cool and, and definitely fills me up with like hope for hope for humanity and hope for like the situation that we have going on right now. Mm-hmm.